Hello and welcome to this podcast, Yes, I Have a Voice. My name is Ruth Lewis-Cost and I'm a caregiver and I am blessed to be looking after my elderly parents. I started this podcast to remind ourselves that looking after those in need is a privilege. As unpaid caregivers, we need to have a voice. We need to be able to shout loud and be proud of our status. And caregiving has no age. People of all ages are caregivers. This is my way of supporting you all emotionally and practically with tools from other caregivers on how to find the joy in your situation and make amazing memories. So let's dive into this week's episode. So hello, and today I am with Sally Tabner. Sally is Chief Executive of a group called Dementia Support. This is a UK charity, and they provide information, advice, and care to dementia sufferers and their families. And I came across Sally at a networking event, and I was absolutely fascinated by this whole idea. So Sally, first of all, how did Dementia Support come about? Sure. Um, thanks for having us, Ruth. So, um, yeah, the charity was set up back in 2014. So we are relatively young by charitable status and um, we're set up as a result of our chairman um, happening to be at a wedding one day with a, a local family. And our chair of trustees had been involved within another charity for quite some time. And they were talking about the challenge of she was trying to care for her father at the time and find her way through the health and social care system. He had a diagnosis of dementia and she was saying just how difficult it was um, to get any support and to find the right help and advice. And at this wedding, I think over a glass of bubbly, they kind of decided that as two relatively wealthy and philanthropic individuals in the local area, that they should probably try and do something about that. So um, it then went on that um, they met up for a coffee and they brought a, a few more professionals around the table who worked in the area of dementia um, and people who had connections in sort of NHS and social care and said right well come on then what are we going to do to sort this out so um, essentially they they arranged for a feasibility study to start off with and they just went around talking to local families and individuals who had had a diagnosis of dementia and talked about what support was available and where they felt the gaps were and that's when the, the feedback really was actually, we don't know where to go. Once we've got a diagnosis, we don't know where to go and get advice. We don't know where to get support from. Um, you kind of get given this lovely big fat booklet of his dementia um, in a book for you, off you pop and get on with it, quite honestly. Um, so the charity was born. Um, they set about raising money um, in order to get Sage House, as, as we've called it now. Um, in in place in we're, we're based in West Sussex in um, the Tangmere area near Chichester in the UK in yep. the UK yeah yes. absolutely um, and there we support people as you said from pre-diagnosis right the way through to end of life in a variety of different ways so 
We work with people um, and giving them information and advice, um, different strategies to support sort of independent living at home. And then we have our, our daycare area as well. So people can bring their loved ones to us for the day um, while they go home and normally do things like sleep, because actually that's the thing that has been causing the most amount of difficulties. Uh, and we have a, a plethora of other services available. So we have um, a, a bathroom, we, we do assisted bathing, because again, personal care can be quite challenging to manage at home with somebody who has a dementia, and different therapies and hairdressing. So really, we try and make it all about the person who walks through the door and their family, what is it they need to support them and help them to live as well as possible, albeit information, advice, different strategies. It can be wills, power of attorneys, um, driving. What do I do when dad starts doing this? Um, all those questions where you just need to pick up the phone and say to somebody, help, I really don't know how to deal with this. There's a new behaviour here that I've not come across in the past. What can I do? Going back to something you said about when people often have that first uh, diagnosis of dementia in some form it is true to say that very often people are just sent away and it's like well you know you've got mm -hmm. it and that's it and that yeah. whole idea of just getting the booklet to mm -hmm. read through mm -hmm. is what I've come across of people saying that you know this is it there's no help there's no advice no. I know you know with my sister I've mentioned her before on these podcasts she is the caregiver to her husband when and he was in his early 60s when he was diagnosed and because he wasn't in his 80s they literally pretty much did that gave her a booklet and sent her away and to this day she's barely seen a doctor in yeah. all the five and a half six years now it's just like well he, you know it exists and that's it and and yeah. you're forgotten about so it's actually in my mind really really refreshing to hear that there is you there is this yeah. charity that kind of really can really, really help. So I just wanted to ask you, um, Sally, have you been a caregiver yourself? Um, I wouldn't say I was a direct caregiver. Um, my, um, my, my grandmother had Parkinson's and the Lewy body dementia, and my grandfather was caring for her. My grandfather then was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and vascular dementia. And then my mum was looking after him. Um, and I guess what I, you know, I, I was hope that I um, was a great support to my mum. But I have to say that she did the lion's share. I think like many daughters, dare I say it, um, do. But she was the one who was there, you know, when he wasn't sleeping, um, looking after him, trying to make sure he took his medication, um, trying to help him bath um trying to get him to brush his hair um all the things that you know are just so taken for granted I think and and so challenging um to deal with and you know I think going back to your point about kind of the the diagnosis I'd worked in my my background was actually working in health and social care I'd worked in um the local authority for 24 years always around older people's services and even when my grandfather was diagnosed, they kind of gave you the booklet um, and said, welcome to dementia. And I honestly, I thought to myself, I was commissioning services for older people. And I thought to myself, 
do you know what? I've no idea what to do with this. I, I, I don't know. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to support him. You know, what, what does it mean? What does this diagnosis actually mean? Um, does it mean he has to go into a residential care straight, straight away? You know, all of those odd things that kind of bombard your mind all at the same time. And it was my mum who, you know, had to pick up the pieces. And it was at that time I thought to myself, crikey, if you don't know, after 24 years in social care, in public health, in commissioning older people's services, what to do now that there's this diagnosis, you've really got to try and do something to, to sort that out. Um, so no, mum took the brunt of it. And you know, the impact upon her was really challenging, you know, from a mental health perspective and everything. And of course, losing my grandmother as well to the Louis body dementia and and that was a very different dementia to my grandfather's dementia because the way in which you know that that her behaviors were very challenging um she was quite aggressive at times and she took to her bed and decided that she wasn't going to get up again um and became more and more frustrated as the years went on whereas my granddad you couldn't stop him you know he he well I mean we, we talk about you know we say going going walkabout at the charity rather than wandering um but he was always you know out and about walking would walk for miles um and then we'd often lose him of course and the police <laughs> might bring him back and <laughs> all of yeah. those other the other sides that that dementia can bring so. yes yeah so with my parents, of course, they are, they are, they're both there. Their dementia is very different to, in, and it's, it, it is fascinating in some, on some level to see the difference as well, because you get this diagnosis of dementia as if it's an all embracing and it's going to be the same for everybody. But of mm-hmm. course, as you know, that is so not the case. And there are so many reasons, you know, where the dementia is and what part of the body is really affected and, you know, all sorts of things. But that is never gone into. That's never actually um, investigated. You're just told they have dementia and that's it. Or as in my case, they have Alzheimer's, but, you know, two very different sort of aspects of it so absolutely and they just manifest themselves yeah manifest themselves in such different ways so Mm. like you say it's you know the way it works for one person and their their I'm going to use the word journey I don't like it but their journey will be very different to the next person's and like you say it, it is a fascinating thing about dementia but it also makes it incredibly difficult to talk to people about and because you're having to assess and talk about the person who's in front of you and and not the fact that, well, John came in 10 minutes ago and he's got the same diagnosis and he's at this point in his journey. Everyone's journey is different. The way in which everyone reacts is very different. Um, I think the only thing that remains the same all the way through for every single person I think I've come across is that feeling of loss, um, that as the dementia carries on, you are losing the person in front of you. It's yes, you know, that whether it's their personality, the changes in behavior, um, their response, whether they remember you're losing that person in front of you. And I, I would say it's probably one of the only things that um, is similar across everybody that I come across who is caregiving for somebody with a dementia. So 
Um, I know from you know, talking to you before, we you offer um, respite as well mm. to caregivers. And, and for the people coming to stay with you, you do lots of activities. Have you found in within those activities that there are certain things that really, really help? Yep. Yep. Most definitely. Uh, singing. Without question, um, I we we've had several customers in the past that will really struggle to verbalise, to talk about maybe what's worrying them, what's bothering them, to have any sort of almost any level of conversation. Um, yet, if you put it's a long way to Tipperary on, um, then they'll start singing along. And there's there's often, I mean, certainly music is something that evokes just a different part of the brain that seems to really bring people together and almost it sounds awful but bring people back to um a, a familiar place i guess so certainly music um is the most popular we i mean we have a whole range of activities that we offer and yeah that can be you know, we do tai chi and a bit of bingo every now and then and chair-based exercises different arts so art is often very therapeutic I suppose it's because there's no right or wrong mm. to it almost you know and yeah. carers um can you know be there as well as the person with the dementia you know and it's something that you can share it's about sharing isn't it it's about sharing time and sharing something to do and it's making it's, those memories, as I call it, it. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. And there's no rules. that No art is right or wrong. Um, but, yeah, certainly I would say the art and, and singing are without question the most um, popular. That's interesting you say that because just the other day um, I got my parents' Alexa, which had been unplugged and kind of put put somewhere hidden away. I dug it out and put it on for my mother in her bedroom because she is take she has taken to her bed and um I got I asked Alexa to play Aretha Franklin because I know that's one of my mother's favorite singers and her face just lit up yeah yeah she absolutely. loved it yeah yeah um and I think the more that you can do that with some other sensory things um that I would suggest as well kind of um perfumes and and the like, it's just trying to make the most of all the senses um, that are around food. Who doesn't love a bit of food? <laughs> Certainly one of my favourite hobbies. Yes. Um, but, you know, <laughs> cooking and, you know, if you put tea and chat is always really, really popular at Sage House because who doesn't like um, a bit of tea and cake ultimately? <laughs> And with the caregivers, do you find, obviously, you know, it is a journey that you go through. Mm. Do you find that there is a kind of a pattern for people as well? I think we recognise certain patterns within different groups at times. Um, there are certain groups of people who won't admit that husband or wife has a dementia and have spent a huge amount of time covering that up because I think certainly in terms of a certain age group or whether it background or whatever it is people are still there's that ashamed almost feeling ashamed still um, to have dementia in the family so we often find that husbands or wives 
will cover up for one another for quite a long period of time, which often means that they're quite late in terms of getting that diagnosis, which can be more problematic in that you're maybe a little bit further down the road in terms of being able to talk about some of the things you might want for your future. Yeah. Um, but patterns generally, I think it goes back to that point of, you know, everyone's different, everybody's dementia is different, and how we all respond to individuals is going to be different as well. And are you finding that there is a difference in age? Whereas, you know, people tend to think dementia, it hits you in your 80s, your 90s. But from talking to people, it feels as though it's actually coming out sooner and a lot more people are being diagnosed in their 50s and 60s. Would you say that was true? I, I think it's definitely more evident. Um, I think people are more aware of dementia these days. I think that uh, health settings are quicker to pick it up. They everywhere, I think, hopefully, all medical professionals these days understand that dementia isn't an older person's illness. Um, certainly, we've had people in their 40s um, come along to Sage House who have had a diagnosis. And I think that that's the thing with dementia is it is this umbrella term um, for all things affecting um, the brain. And if you've not had a head injury of some kind, it kind of almost now does get labelled as a dementia um, and can be caused by so many different things. You know, we know that um, lifestyles can play a part in that. You know, when I think about it now, my, my grandfather was a boxer. That's probably, you know, where that came from. And I suppose you know, as I say, we are, we are seeing it younger. That's more challenging because, you know, if you're 40 years old with a diagnosis of dementia, you don't want to come and sit in a day centre with 80, 90-year-olds. No. So, you know, it, it's having to think about it in such a personalised way to the individual all of the time. Um, because actually one 80-year-old doesn't necessarily want to do what the next 80-year-old wants to do either, do they? That's true. Um, but it, it is about, um, it's more challenging for us as an organisation to think about actually, you know, how do we work with the younger age group, especially their families? You know, you're talking about people in their 40s often have children who are in their teens. So, you know, supporting that entire family, you're not just dealing with the... 60-year-old um, daughter of the 80-year-old anymore. You're, you're dealing with people from, you know, ch children. Yes. Right the way through. We, we've had ex examples. We had, we worked with a chap who was in his 70s. His daughter was um, 50. And we were working with him because she had a diagnosis of dementia. Oh, wow. And he was really struggling to get his head around that because, of course, he had friends who had a dementia. And trying to just compute that and make sense of all of that and unpick it all for him because he just couldn't understand and wouldn't accept that his yeah. daughter had a dementia. And, she, you know, she was a teacher. She's, you know, working and, and everything else. So I think that's the the interesting thing 
Yeah, comes it, must back be, to. it must be quite hard sometimes to deal with the situations. But so what you do um, for so many people, I think is absolutely amazing. I mean, I've only fairly recently come across you and I wish I'd known about you earlier in the year when all this started happening for me. But you can still help me. So that's good news. <laughs> what are your plans for the future? Because at the moment, you're only in the UK. And I think if I've understood correctly, only in the southern part of, of the UK. So what are the future plans to maybe not only grow in the UK, but globally as well? Well, well let's do nationwide, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> um, certainly, you know, we 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 truly believe that we are improving the quality of life for so many people locally. So like, as you say, we're sort of, we're based in the West Sussex area, but we will work with anyone um, in the UK um, on, on the telephones with the wayfinding service, offering the information and advice and guidance. Um, there are plans, you know, we, we're very ambitious because we truly feel that we've made such an impact to what we do locally we've worked out how to get it right how to bring all the agencies together so that we haven't got individuals ping-ponging around the dementia system anymore we've got it right so we know how to and you know we have to fundraise obviously to to make that happen but you know we've got into a, a, a pattern of being able to um, fundraise and doing things like this and awareness raising um, really helps we want to take that elsewhere now and we want to say right come on government this is how you do it this is how you can make it work we're we're a charity we're willing to support other communities and other local organizations in other parts of the country um to get a sage house in their area ultimately you know as far as we're concerned we've got this almost magic menu of what you need in order to make people who have a dementia and their families feel supported and actually a lot better than they would do just flailing, trying to flail around a system. Absolutely. Because it's, you know, I just love the fact that you help people with the system because the system is the thing probably that, that, that scuppers so many people, I would say most people. And then the financials as well. The fact that, you know, there are so many things to think about and even the the caregivers are not necessarily in a position where they can deal with that themselves. So you come together with them and, and sort that out. And I love that because I've not heard of any other organization so far that actually does that because even the, the social services that you go to who are meant to do that, don't do it. They don't mm. actually tell you everything that you're entitled to unless you mm. ask. So if you don't know, you don't ask, so you don't get. Exactly. And, and, and I think that's that's absolutely right. And it's, you know, I always say that because, you know, people have said, oh, well, you know, maybe you could do other things at Sage House, you know, around mental health or whatever. And I always say, do you know what? We're going to stick to dementia because there's there's so much you need to know. There's so many different ways to approach it. There's so many things that are available to people. And that's that, you know, I feel really passionately that people have a right to be able to access the support and help that's out there because it is out there it's about navigating your way to it um and i think you know we all know don't we that health and social care systems are so you know they don't have capacity in the system at the moment there's 
know, trying to get resources is incredibly difficult. So, and I do still think dementia to some degree falls between the middle of social care saying actually it's a health condition and health saying it's a social care issue. Um, so until they come to some agreements, the, be the best we can do is, is help people to get them into the right bits of the system at the right time. Um, so that's that's exactly what we seek to do. That's absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much, Sally, for your time. It's been really, really fascinating. So if people wanted your help or needed your help or just want to find out a bit more, how yep. can they actually contact you? Um, so you can go online if you have access online to um, and look at our website, which is www.dementiasupport.org.uk or can give us a call um, on 01243 and if you have if you are a caregiver or you're living with dementia if you want to speak to a wayfinder at any time you, you just give that number a call that's wonderful sally thank you so much for your time again and it's been an absolute delight to talk to you and i just feel so happy that there is an organization out there like you uh, who help people like me and everyone around me and because at a difficult time for the caregivers and the sufferers as well, the dementia sufferers, that's when you need help. It's not when you're feeling good. Mm -hmm. It's when you're sort of down and in the dumps, you don't know where to turn. You're just crying because you just feel that, you know, completely lost. That's when we need help. So absolutely. thank you. No, you're very welcome. You know, absolute pleasure. And we all my, myself, my team, you know, we we're very vocational. We will do what we do because we want to make a difference. So we love our jobs. They're not just jobs. <laughs> thank you for listening. And don't forget, if you like this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five star review. It really helps. See you next time. <laughs>